0: Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show.
1: Boing! We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How long?
2: We have a great show of a big fan. Boing! So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the
3: crackle.
0: Shabono! It's all about the shabono, dude. Succulent fish. What?
3: We ate two feet
0: before we Oh, listen,
3: I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs>
2: we have top men working on it right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Top men. All right, you have found the Barbecue Central show. Second hour. This is where I normally rant and rave about whatnot. But forget it. Got an interview to do. A few weeks ago, the very first State Cook-Off Association event took place in Hartville, Ohio, home of the world's largest hardware store. Fun fact. Winning it was perhaps not your usual suspect, as announced right here live on the show last week. Well, I was in the middle of my segment with Robin Lindar's 17-year-old female took the very first grand championship and punched her ticket to Fort Worth in September for the World Steak Cooking Championship in the process. Here to talk about the win and how she got into this live fire competition world is Angel Todd. Angel, how are you?
4: Good. How are you? I'm
0: absolutely fabulous, Angel. Appreciate you making time this evening. And let me get rid of my mixer there, hiding you. There (laughs) you are. Sorry about that. Uh, So before we get into the event in Hartville like a week and a half ago or so, let's talk a little bit about how you got interested in live fire competitions. Where does it come from?
4: Sure. So my dad has always wanted to compete professionally in barbecue, but never knew how to so he actually learned and him and I are like best friends, so I couldn't see him doing it without me. So I help him all the time and now we have a catering business and we've been doing it every weekend since I was in eighth grade and I'm going to be a senior this year. So
0: So you're going on like five years of this. Yeah. So does he say, "Hey, Angel, I'm really interested as you, as a 12-year-old. Say, "Hey, I'm really interested <laughs> in wanting to learn how to barbecue. You want to like try it out with me?" Or does he just take um, you on the road or what?
4: Yeah, he kind of just does it and I like I said like we do everything together, so I was like, "Well, I want to help." So and now we're here.
0: And it's fun for you. Right, right. I love it. I think it's important to note that certainly you're a grand champion steak cooker, no doubt. But it's important to note that you are a KCBS certified judge. You're an SCA judge, and you're also an SCA rep along with your dad. So you're actually kind of running these steak cook-off events too. Yes. So do you think it's important to be a judge in order to make yourself a better cook?
4: Um. See, for the SCA, you have to be a judge to be a rep, so we actually earned our judging certificate in West Virginia last year with Ken, and um, we loved it, obviously. We fell in love with the one-day events, and the payout's great, and having to have the winner get to the world championship, that's really nice, so... I don't know that I would say being a judge helps you be a better cook. I mean, it definitely helps you understand the process better, but I don't know that you have to be a judge to be a cook.
0: So being a father of three daughters, that's me, uh, two very similar in age to you. I can't sit here and name even one of them or their friends who have ever asked to go in the food competition or have an interest in learning how to actually do the cooking. Do you have friends that are into this as well, or are you singular in nature to a certain degree?
4: Um, No, I'm pretty much singular. Um, A lot of my friends think I'm crazy because that's what I do every single weekend, but I really wouldn't have it any other way. I love what I do, so.
0: So I mean, what's the draw for you? I I mean, as as I said, as someone who's got you know teenagers that are your age, I'm I'm just uh, endlessly fascinated with what interests kids these days, and is typically not going out every weekend and competing. And food.
4: Honestly, I don't even know. Uh, it goes back to me and my dad were so close, and I I'm kind of actually a people person, so I get to be out there and I get to produce good product and have fun while I'm doing it. Um, yeah, it's really all just fun for me. And I wasn't really sure of what I wanted to do after I graduate, so. I'm kind of leaning towards this after I graduate, so I already have a head start.
0: Uh, we're talking with Angel Todd. She won the State Cook-Off Association, the first SCA event in Ohio about a week and a half ago. And so do you have a preference between doing barbecue events like KCBS events versus SCA events? There had been you know, quite a, a ramp up in popularity and competition barbecue for any number of years, but for my money, I would say that that trend is starting to go down, but the SCA is really starting to ramp up. You actually see other stake associate or uh, competitive stake governing bodies aside from SCA now, so that really seems to be taking off. Given your druthers, do you have a preference doing one or the other?
4: Um, I don't really have a preference. Both of them worked hard to get where they are now, and I i am a fan of both of them. I mean, I can't knock one and love the other. I think they both do a great job of what they do. Um I really like the SCA, though, only because of the fast one-day competitions and the fact that we get to get into the World Championship. That's a plus for me.
0: How many SCA events have you done prior to the one you won a week and a half ago?
4: None. That was my first time I've ever competed.
0: Really? Ever?
4: Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> by myself. I mean, obviously, I've competed with my dad, but by myself, no, that was my first.
0: Okay, so how many did you have in, in the backlog just doing it with your dad before you ventured off? Um, two. Oh, so not a lot at all.
4: Two, right.
0: So when Hartville pops up on the map of, hey, we're going to have one in Ohio, I mean, uh, I'm not sure. Where are you located in the country?
4: Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
0: Okay, well, we certainly don't like Pittsburgh here in Cleveland, but we'll leave that as <laughs> aside here. So when you see uh, an event pop up in Hartville, I mean, you got to be pretty pumped up. It's you know only a couple hours away, first one in Ohio, pretty big deal.
4: Right. See, I was actually really nervous, especially because of the first one in Ohio. The SCA's been trying to get into Ohio, and my dad was like, we're both going to compete. Like, you can compete by yourself, and I'll go by myself. And I was like, I don't know, because I don't like to lose. And I, I competed at the Hartville Grill Fest last year, and I beat him there, too. So that wasn't a surprise. <laughs> so it was already old but, hat
0: beating dad, right? No right, doubt.
4: Right, <laughs> <laughs> um, So... Yeah, I was nervous, and the whole way, the whole ride to Hartville on that Saturday morning, I was like, "I'm gonna win this, Dad." And he's like, "Okay," and I did. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, talk it and walk it, right? Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, Angel, let's go through the process. Take me through the trim and seasoning. You know, uh, I'm not gonna bore everybody with how you get your steaks. But once you get your <laughs> two steaks, like, how do you how do you get them ready for the grill?
4: Okay, so I got my steaks, and I went back to our campsite, and I immediately put the rub on them. So that was probably like 10 in the morning, and I think turning was 2 to 2.30. So I let them sit and kind of sweat out a little bit in foil in the cooler, and I had my Weber, and I had the grill grates up high and put it on.
0: The Weber kettle? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, what kind of rub are you using? Do you give that information out or do we have to pay for that? Was uh, <laughs> it poncho and lefty steak rub?
4: No, I will tell you that it was not. <laughs> um, I had two rubs that I used, and it's just a commercial grade barbecue rub, actually. <laughs>
0: uh okay so do you tie these stakes i've seen that uh where you'd like put a string um, I around i did
4: them. tie the yeah. one that i turned in yes mm,
0: and uh, do you find a, a big benefit of tying or if you Honestly, have time no, you'll tie the
4: only reason i'm i'm not against it but the only reason i did tie it was because it was starting to separate right in the middle and i mm. knew that that was my a stake i wanted to turn in so i didn't want to risk the appearance factor so i was like well we'll just tie it just in case
0: and uh, are you trimming quite a bit? You take the tail off and like make it as um, round as possible.
4: Yeah, I still wanted to look like a ribeye though, so I did take a lot of the excess fat off and make it as well of a perfectly rounded ribeye you could make. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, when you are gearing up the fire, are you a lump lady or a briquette lady or both?
4: It was lump. It was B&B lump. Mm-hmm.
0: And. Uh, So I see you said you were using grill grates. That was one of my other questions, if you use that, but you do. Yeah. It seems, I mean, as you quickly perused all the other teams, I mean, would you say 90% of teams are using the product grill grates or no?
4: I would say, yeah, probably 90%. I think there were at least two people that were there that didn't use them. And to me, I honestly, I mean, I think it makes your appearance score look better, but with the SCA, you're not judged on your grill marks. So. But aren't you? what but aren't you <laughs> uh, yeah, well i mean i don't know
0: you can I, say I it nobody's listening me
4: personally i think it looks better um i don't
0: know well so here's I, here's I the better know. question would you turn in a steak that didn't have grill marks and feel just as comfortable yes i would
4: because yeah. if All i right. was comfortable with my taste flavor and my doneness and everything mm-hmm. I, I think i'd be fine Okay. I've seen guys that um, at the West Virginia event that we ran, me and my dad, um, there were several guys in the top 10. It was their first time cooking, and I know they didn't have grill marks. So, <laughs>
0: All right, so let's talk about grill temperature, because when I was in Fort Worth like two years ago watching the steak competition, like, guys were right there with their thermal grill uh, temp guns, like shooting the grill grates. I think they were looking for like maybe 600 or 650 degrees. You have like a, a key temp.
4: Um, I like to get it above like 625, which some people might say is a little high. I think we actually had it up to 700. My dad was afraid the grill grates were going to melt, but they didn't. So anywhere above 625, I'd say I'm comfortable. And
0: do you have a specific flip time or is that dependent on your grill grate temperature?
4: Yes, no. When my initial, when I first put it down, I like to cook it for like a minute and 15 to 30 seconds and then I'll turn it 90 degrees to get my grill marks on the other side and then I'll completely flip it over. But yeah, the first time it's laying down on there, I'm pretty consistent. Once I flip it, that's when I stick my thermometer in and make sure I get the temperature I want to pull it
0: off at. All right. So it is a a temp pull at that point. It's not uh, right. you know, four different flips at varying. Right. Uh, once the same once I actually
4: yeah. flip the stake over, that's when I put the thermometer in. All right.
0: So what's the temp we're looking for internally to pull off? And then after you pull it, do you have a specific rest time that you're looking for?
4: Um, I. What's funny is my dad and I practiced that Thursday night and I told him that our thermometer, I was like, this thermometer's broke. Like it's not accurate. And he was like, yeah whatever so we get there and I stuck the thermometer in it once I actually flipped it I was getting ready to pull it off and it was reading 170 degrees Mm -hmm. and I like I was so mad I like threw the steak off and I was like this is ruined like I don't want to turn it in and he stuck the thermometer back in it he's like it's only reading like 99 like you're fine we'll put it back on so my steak was actually off of my Weber for probably at least a minute and I had to place it back on and then we put the thermometer back on and it would not go above 99 degrees so and I was so mad at him because I was like well my doneness is gonna be off now and like like I said like I don't like to lose so I was upset and I that's why like, all of this is such a shock to me because I honestly don't know what temperature I pulled it off at, and I was one degree off from having a perfect doneness.
0: Really? You So you, you yes. pulled the steak off just kind of at a – I mean, for, for lack of a better, you just kind of push it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's where I needed to yeah, be. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, and I let it
4: rest for, I think, five to seven minutes.
0: Is that what you would do normally? Yeah. Mm. So in, a, in any other instance – like are you looking for like pulling it off at 135 to carry it up towards the 140 range or um, before it's that? It's
4: a little under that. I yeah, normally yeah. try to pull it like 127-ish and it'll carry over some, but I'm normally trying to pull the upper 120s. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: all right. So everything gets turned in. Uh, you are through the thermometer incident of 2019, <laughs> which I can only imagine was very nerve wracking. So... As right. they start getting through the calls out, and it gets to overall, and you hear your name called. Do they call names, or you? Do they so have like actually, tickets? With the
5: SCA, you have a ticket,
4: Tic- so
0: right, it's, it's double all blind. Double blind yeah, yeah.
4: And they call 10 through one, and I think there were fourteen people competing that day. So there were guys that were there that had a bet of who was going to win. Me or my dad. I was like, obviously, oh, dear. it's gonna be me. Right. So, so when
0: they you hear my
4: dad's ticket for fifth place. <laughs> And that was the first payout money, too. So I turned around to the other guys, and I was like, well, now the pressure's on. So I'm going, I'm going, and then they call second place. And I turned to my dad, and I said, I had to have lost. And he, like, looked down, so I had my ticket in my hand, and he looked down, and he saw it was 3506. Like, I think I'll always have that number, like, programmed in my mind. And she called it, and, like, my mouth just dropped. I was like, what? just happened
0: <laughs> so was like, that I,
4: and then when we go up there we're supposed to like well they wanted us to say our name and what we cooked on and everything i was like speechless like i could barely <laughs> even talk
0: so is this like the best thing that's happened currently to a 17 year old winning the the sca and the first event I would in say ohio yes
4: especially yeah. because like i'm going to the world state championships in fort worth right. and the world food championship so
0: not bad right Right. Plus, a, plus a thousand bucks for the weekend probably isn't too bad.
4: <laughs> yeah, I know. I haven't spent any of it yet, though.
0: Oh, I was going to say, like, do you immediately go to Pulp for, like, a victory smoothie <laughs> or, or what?
4: I thought the same thing. I was like, am I going to be responsible or... But, yeah, okay. it's... Always so
0: best happy. to save. You can reinvent, I mean, that what is that, buy four four additional entries into an SCA event, right?
4: <laughs> right. Pretty much. Yeah, wow. Plus, I might need it in Texas.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So uh, is that <laughs> like the next event, or are you going to try and get something, um, like where are you cooking at next?
4: My family and I actually, my stepmom owns an Ace Hardware, and that's how the SCA got in with Ace, mm-hmm. is we ran the pilot program for them. Oh, nice. So we actually host a barbecue event, um, every august and we raise all of our money for children's hospital and we're trying like last year we donated over seven thousand dollars so we're trying to get above that this year but this year we changed it to just an sca event so that will be my next one that i cook it's the end of august all right but so. that's going to be the last ones before worlds because we're going to run an event this weekend in delta for them so
0: oh delta I and mean, that's all the way out west
4: yeah like delta Ohio. <laughs> Oh, no. Delta, Pennsylvania. Oh, it's like York okay. County.
0: Got it. All right. So, nice. So, you're going right back into it from a from a rep standpoint this coming weekend. So Yeah. Uh, so, you get one cook-in before the Worlds in September. So, let's all make a pact here. And by all, I mean you and I. You go down to Fort Worth. If you win, you come right back in the following Tuesday. And, and we like just brag to everybody about how great you are. Right. Right? Okay, good. <laughs> I hope I do it's a good deal. down
4: there. And then the week after, I'll be down in Dallas for the World Food Championship.
0: Wow, great. So so you just yeah. you'll just stay down there then, right? Are you going to no, no, I muscle think back? Gonna come back. I mean, I
4: can't miss <laughs> that much school.
0: Screw, uh, forget school. I mean, you know, th- I know this, is real, like, this is real life. This is real life. That's Right. I mean, you're a championship cook. You can't be expected to go to school at this point. I mean, you could get scholarship <laughs> on that. I mean, who knows. They're know. offering scholarships for competitive barbecuing in uh, in colleges down in Texas right now. So. Yeah. Nice. All right. So we are talking with Angel Todd. She won the very first Ohio SCA event in Hartville about a week and a half ago, and she has recapped it and given you all of her cooking secrets, almost. She held the rubs to the vest, which I appreciate. Uh, Angel, thank you so much for coming on. Good luck in August, and hopefully we'll be recapping your world championship in September.
4: Thank you very much for having me.
0: You got it. There she is, Angel Todd. The (laughs) champ of Ohio right now. I don't know when the next... SEA event is going to be in Ohio, but and the next one, my kid isn't going to ruin by playing softball. I'll tell you that. Forget it. I will go to that one, and I will I will continually buck the system, as I have said before. I will buck the system. I will cook on a pit barrel. I will go flat side on the grill grates, overall browning, and then probably take my drubbing. All right, we have the Embedded correspondence coming up. Aiden, into a little bit of their segment. I'm sure they're pissed, but that's all right. Angel Todd, way better than expected. That was great. Thank you, Angel, again for coming up. By the way, how many 17-year-olds talk like that? Very polished. Good job, Keith. All right. If you are interested in getting your product or service right here on this show... We have a brand new opening. Shoot me an email, and I will get you all the respectives. And this will go fast, obviously. So, Greg at Show.com in the subject line, put uh, sponsorship, and we can get to talk. Target audience, they all love barbecue and grilling stuff. Hey, we are back with the Embedded Correspondence right after this. Stick around. Be right back.
5: The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead. The author of A Barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempey. All right, welcome back.
0: This portion of the show is being brought to you by Smithfield. That's right. You signed up for the Smokin' with Smithfield National Barbecue Championship Did I mention Registration is free. Rule number three of the show. If it's free, it's me, so I'll sign up. Hit up Smokin'WithSmithfield.com for all the details. Uh, If you're also ready to find out where you rank against all competitive barbecue cooks, from across the country that are already registered. Visit the same website, smokingwithsmithfield.com. All right, it is the fourth Tuesday of the month, and that, of course, means the Embedded Correspondence segment. We ate into it a little bit here, gents, but forgive me. Angel Todd was regaling us with her championship steak cooking techniques so quickly, as we race around the day, as for 17 years old, John from Michigan, you ever heard a more polished 17-year-old steak champ?
2: I'm not upset that we're here. I wish she was still on and I
0: wasn't here. That was great. Absolutely. Uh, David Hoff, your thoughts? Yeah, I
3: commented on the YouTube chat. That I wish my daughter had that type of interest in, in grilling and cooking.
0: I just found it remarkable how well she spoke. Like, I, I mean, I'm around teenagers a lot, teenage girls a lot too. I mean, not necessarily the boys, but I can't imagine they're much better. Man, there's a lot of searching for words, let's say it that way. Steve, were you impressed with Angel Top? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Doug? You should have held over and taught catering. What about you, Doug?
6: Yeah, she was fantastic. Very well spoken.
0: Yeah. Uh, so. Do you think she'll be a bit more jaded when she gets like competition eight and nine and 10 in, or do you think that she'll be still as, uh, as peppy Doug? Oh, I, I
6: yeah, that's, I put in the chat that, uh, I want to talk to her after 9 cookoffs. I mean, winning <laughs> your first one, of course, uh, of course the hook is stuck and that's what you want to yeah. do for the, you know, for the remainder of your, uh, teenage years. Winning's
0: easy. We'll just win all of them <laughs> from
6: here on out, pop show karma she's going to win though
0: yeah that's right she'll be a world champ and that'll be great and then i can always say that the karma never doesn't work all right we have some topics to talk about here gentlemen and we will start with uh let's start with steve since he has the most experience but what is what is going on with your camera steve it is beyond bizarre every time you know. turn away you start blinking like uh you're you're going to give me a seizure or something I don't know. That's all right. It's, Just stay right I'm, there. Don't move. It's not doing it. So don't move. Just stay right there and don't move. Uh, let's talk. So let me set the scene. I was asked after I did my own pork butts for my daughter's high school graduation party by my sister-in-law who said, oh, this is so great. But do you think you could cook some for uh, no names, please, your nephew? And I said, sure. I will go to Costco the week before. That's this week. And when I get the butts, I will give you the price at that point. That was going to be tomorrow, party on Saturday. She said, fine, blah, blah, blah. Now, I didn't go out of my way to, uh, I mean, there's a lot of finger pointing that we could do, I guess. Here's the question that I'm trying to get at. From a very high level, let's talk about barbecue catering. Let's talk specifically about pork butts, I guess, since this was my issue. How do you... Cost and then charge a client accordingly. What's your method, Steve? Let's start with you.
1: Well, I I take the meat and usually double it, then add fifteen percent, and that that usually covers all your your profit. It covers your uh, your own uh, your own costs plus uh, some help there. But what um, I mean, did she? But but you know, the first rule is don't ever work for your family.
0: Uh, right. I mean yeah I mean I guess but when you're asked do you just give a you just give a straight up no
1: no I don't give a straight up no but you just say okay this is how much it is you want it and uh I mean did I, yeah so that's it, kind of no, where you're we're asking at. A, you're not asking a catering question you're asking a uh um, no,
5: counseling
1: course.
0: question no, of course I'm answering uh of course I'm asking a, a catering question it just so happens to be within the family so yeah, well, John what's yeah. your method for catering
2: uh, family and friends, it's just pure cost, and that comes back. Um, some family, I will do it for them as a gift. A lot of neighbors, you know, I will just try to, here, let's drag a pellet grill to your house and I will show you how. Hopefully, I can teach them to fish. But I'm at the double the, if I'm going to collect for it, it's going to be double the meat cost.
0: Double
3: the meat cost. David? Yeah, so I have a pretty. Intricate spreadsheet that I use where I can calculate. I plug in the um, price per pound. Uh, if you're buying in more volume, the price will go down. So um, you know if you're doing eight or nine pork butts, you can buy a whole case and get them for a buck twenty-five. If you're only doing three or four, you probably have to buy them individually and at any rate after that, I would say I charge a little more than double kind of what Steve said mm-hmm. about a 50% margin. And then, um, you want to cover your rub, your aluminum pans, your foils, the thing you're going to need. And I also price it out by pound. Don't get stuck pricing per person. If there's 50 people at an event and you price it per person. They're going to be upset if there's 40 people or if there's 60 and you're going to mess with that. If they bay- if they're saying there's 50, you say, okay, 50 people, you need X amount pounds of meat per person. That's a total amount of, of pounds. And here's the price per pound. And that's what I'm going to provide. Wow. You run out, you run out. If there's too much, there's too much. But I gave
6: you what I said I was going to give you.
0: Uh, Doug, your thoughts on catering?
6: Yeah, in terms of uh, pork butts. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree in terms of uh, pricing. Don't price it out per person. But um, I price it out like per brisket or per butt. Uh, etc. So, um, you know, typically pork butt is about $12 a pound, you know, at uh, high end places, um, $12
0: $12 a pound. Where the hell are you getting your pork butt? Yeah, that's, that's what it is down here. So no, no,
3: he's saying, he's saying that's how much, a place uh, would
6: charge, uh, charge a charge.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, I exactly. thought you were buying yeah, too, your pork yeah.
0: butts for twelve dollars a pound. I was going to ship you some for eight bucks a pound. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly.
6: No, no, no. So you know that. I mean, for a you know, uh, assuming you you know, get about eleven pound butt, I actually don't you know think it's going to shrink down to about eight or seven pounds. So you know that that that's anywhere from eighty four to ninety six pounds a butt. So, but um, uh, I actually prefer only to do meats. Um, uh, it has to be someone pretty special in order for me to do sides. And then I will charge per person. And uh, usually it's about an extra five bucks per person per side.
0: Hmm. All right. Uh, so I've always operated off cost times three. So if I'm buying, for, for instance, my quote to my sister-in-law, if it wouldn't have been my sister-in-law, would have been, so let's see, I think uh, 2 Two packs of butts at Costco are right around 40 bucks. Times two is 80 bucks. Times three is 240 bucks. So I would quote 240 bucks for four pork butts. And I would say on the average, you know, you're right around uh, maybe 75 people fed ish, depending on how fat people are or how much time they're going to come through the line, this, that, and the other thing. And I've never had a sneeze. For these four pork butts, I said 120 bucks. So just, you know, a couple bucks. Four pork butts, so I'm uh, my cost is eighty bucks. I was just making forty additional dollars for you know rubs, and uh, I was gonna food saver these as well because she wanted them done you know way ahead of time. Blah blah. She just wanted to reheat. Wasn't gonna pull them there. So pretty nice deal. And I said one hundred twenty bucks, and I got the text back to said what? I had no idea it was going to be so much, and I'm like what? So much? I'm cutting you. This is what it would have been, honey. And then you know she's like, well, how much is one or how much is two? I said, well, how much is two? You know how to divide by two? Uh-oh. Come on. <laughs> so I was just wanting to get everybody's uh, you know high level. Cater- is cost times three too much? Is that is that too big of an ask? Or I mean, we all okay, you okay with that, John?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're there. I just you know I'm not catering out to make money. I'm just doing it for loved ones, and that's where I've gone with the times two.
0: What about you, Dave? Is that too much? Three times three?
3: Uh, it depends how bad you want the business. If it's not family or friends, there might be someone who's competitive that'll come in a little lower than that. Mm. But I don't think it's out of I don't think it's out of range by any means.
0: Steve, you're in business. You like times three or no?
1: Yeah, I like times three. You can always you can't uh, can't go up. You can always come down.
0: What about you, Doug? Times three? Um, yeah, if, if you're doing a uh,
1: raw cost times
6: three, I think is pretty good. Although I think it's underbidding on, on the, on the port, butt. now looking at, you know, kind of Dickie's their catering is $11 and uh, 50, uh, uh, per person, two meats, three sides and rolls and Bill Miller's, you know, so to me, that's the lowest common denominator. I definitely don't want to be lower than that, even for family.
0: Mm, all right. Uh, so that's the first topic. Let's go. Yeah, we got time. Uh, second topic. Last week, a star was born. That was my daughter, Bobby, with the cat poems. Absolutely. (laughs) Who knew it would have been such a big moment, but she delivered in fine fashion. I believe she said she would urinate on somebody. I'm not sure if that was true or not. Doug is now a cat. So I said I tasked the embedded correspondence to share with us their favorite cat poem. And I think some of you went above and beyond the initial direction which, you know, certainly encouraged here. So let's start with Steve as he shares with us his favorite cat poem. Let me get to my tight shot. There's Steve right there. Let me see if can I move you guys around? No. Oh dear. Very loud. loud. The cat poem.
1: (laughs) A dog, a pig, and a cat came to a barbecue we were at. (laughs) The pig was the treat. The dog wouldn't eat. And the cat peed all over the pig meat. And then the cook yelled at the cat. Hey, cat, why did you do that? (laughs) And the cat did a dance and then a cool jig and said, that's what I do to barbecue pig. The pit master, well, he was Korean and saw the cat while it was peeing. So he took out his knife, filleted the cat twice and said, I love cats. They taste just like chicken. The Korean then looked at the dog. Because of the cat, we can't eat the hog, so he sharpened his knife. Said dog, "We have to talk." Then we all enjoyed Fido in the walk.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Steve, racist as always. That was great. And uh, man, that w- how long did it take you to craft that, Steve? I mean, that's a pretty in-depth poem. How much? How long? About four minutes. Four minutes. Wow. Yeah. You should be writing. You should be writing rap on the side. <laughs> right, so. he's a uh a, a spitting gamer as we said back in the day all right uh doug shiding you are next uh, are you uh i'm sorry let me ask this first uh, steve before we leave you all together are you a cat fan uh
1: nah i don't i don't have a cat i've had a cat they, they come and go I don't, I don't
0: care you're not gonna own
1: own, you're not gonna own one no, absolutely not. I'm not going to own
0: any animals right now. All right, uh, Doug Shiding's up next. Doug, are you a cat fan? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, pull that microphone absolutely. closer to you. You're getting a lot of room noise there, Chief. Oh, I am. Yeah, pull the pull the mic a little closer to you. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> As he looks All up right. into the vaulted ceilings of the uh, Shiding estate, well,
6: I have my fan. I have my <laughs> fan on, so that's probably what's uh, what the noise is. Got it. Sure.
0: Okay. Do you need so like some production wrote, or setup, like uh, Steve? Or are you all ready to go?
6: Oh no, no, no! I'm re- I'm ready to go. Oh, okay, I've got okay, a okay. Couple, couple. Actually, I
0: wrote three. You wrote three?
6: But, yeah, I wrote three. God. I thought we were supposed to write several, so I wrote three.
0: Nobody so, does. Nobody know how to read and understand the English language anymore. Oh. Share your favorite yeah. cat poem. I mean, how hard is that? Find a cat poem you like and reshare it.
6: Well, it was a. I thought it was right one. So. You maniacs okay, so are writing your own cat right. poems. All right. So anyway, all right. Let me read two then.
0: How's that? Uh, three's fine with me. You should. Oh, Okay. I all mean, right. if you took the time yeah. to pen it, you're going to read it.
6: All right. So this one is called "The Crazy Cat Woman: An Ode to My Wife, A Confession." Oh dear. My wife is the crazy cat woman. At least that is what I tell everyone. She loves to see baby kittens but also the baby deer, fox, and calves. She goes out at night to get our hooty cat, who is a big cat that likes to crawl into foxholes. My wife is the crazy cat woman. At least that's what I tell myself. We are down to four but had 13 at one time. I have been given the book. I could pee on this. I have been given a two-foot by three-foot cat coffee table book. I now know why. My wife is the crazy cat woman. At least that is what I thought. I like to squeeze them. I like to sleep on them to sleep on me. The purring in bed tells me the world is all right. You make me sleep better at night. We live on five acres. Thus, the world is my urinal. I could pee on that. I guess I'm the crazy cat man. The end. <laughs> Look at you turning. Well, I love it. Great. All right. Go ahead. Number two. Okay. All right. The barbecue cat. Oh, dear. I see you cooking on your grills. I watch you smoke brisket and ribs. I watch you eat steak and chicken, yet I'm forced to eat the dry cat food. You think you are training me. I am actually training you. I meow, you respond. I meow again, you feed me. I am the hunter. You are not. Do not declaw me. I will give you the middle paw. Steve and Bobby think those people eat cats i bring (laughs) you presents lizards snakes mice frog legs and bird feathers and yet you still don't barbecue for me i mark my scent on your grill covers (laughs) i may start throwing up on the bed when will you start barbecuing for me the end
0: wow that's a dark tale of kitty tell you that (laughs) all right let's uh let's go to david huff real quick before we come back for doug's coup de gras and uh, let's see what David has come in, come up with before we get to John. And then back to Doug.
3: Now, Greg, you know I'm dedicated to your show. Sure. I mean, I'm not afraid to go in the field for you. No, you,
0: you are not afraid to tell Malcolm Reed to do a second take of an ID.
3: It's it's all about getting it right. It's right. professionalism that you get on the Barbecue Central show. I love so, it.
5: I love
0: it.
3: for Felis catus, the domestic cat, I went and researched. I went to The Pound. I got interviews. I wanted to truly be the voice of the cat for you. I love it. So just remember, now it's a little bit shorter than these guys, but just remember, it's like I'm speaking the words of the cat.
0: Right. You are feline personnel. Yes, sir. Here we go.
3: Meow. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow, meow. I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, I messed that up. Meow, meow, meow. Meow, meow. Meow. Meow.
0: The end?
2: Meow.
0: Okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, might be hard to understand <laughs> for those that don't speak cat, but I can tell you're physically drained. I mean, that you put a lot into that.
3: That was emotional for me. Can I Can I be excused for yeah, a second? Yeah,
0: just take a minute. Take a minute. And uh, we will now jump to John Solberg, who went, uh, went, again, above and beyond with this little gem.
2: The cat is astray. I do miss it, so where can it be? No one can know. Go look in the forest See through the smoke Could it be there in the sweet blue of oak I'll man the fire Continue the cook Tending and basting while onward you look The cat was not found Let's all wish him well What's on the cooker I'll never tell
0: Oh yeah baby Good job John Good job. Thank you. How long did it take you to write that?
2: Uh, About three and a half minutes.
0: And where did you get the legally allowed music?
2: Uh, You know, that's something that a podcaster has in their
0: arsenal. Ah, look at you. (laughs) Got a music bank to pull from. Love it. All right. uh, We circle back for the final effort from Texas Embedded Correspondent Doug Scheiding.
6: This is uh, in honor of my love of kids. It's called The Baby, (laughs) Steve. What is this thing that you brought into my house? It can't jump or play. It lays around, cries, and poops all day. It gets food without asking, has its very own bed and room, more toys than you ever bought me. With with peace and love, it has no fur and bleeds when I touch it. I'm going to attack the rug and hack a hairball. And I hope that I get a real playmate soon, Like Henry the Colorado Dog and Nacho Flay did on IG. Time for some sleep. It's all good. The end.
4: Ooh,
0: it's not all good. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wow. Doug, three. Wow. Unbelievable. (laughs) And you hit that on the post as the music comes up. I got to get my Big Papa's read in here. Then we'll come back and talk about... Uh, Let's see. What are we going to be talking about next? Oh, the protein you hate to barbecue the most. I have a new answer for that, believe it or not. So you guys stand by as we talk about the protein we hate to barbecue the most. Coming up next, how about I will talk to you about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. They have all these great rubs, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Double Secret Steak Rub, Desert Gold, Happy Ending, Uh-oh. just to name a few. There's 13 perfectly balanced flavors to transform Ordinary Meals into Extraordinary. They also have teamed up with Steph Franklin and the gang over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form that West Coast offense, still winning week after week, by the way. They own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, so if you're looking for a new go-to sauce, i want to give Granny's a try. Aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers also offers the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker, easy to use, the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill is the one you want to take a look at. Big Papa's. The exclusive Mac dealer and even offers special packages. If you're not down with the pellet cooker, fine. How about the old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer? They also have a number of other cookers you want to take a look at, like the drum cookers for Big Papa Smokers. If you have any questions, you give them a call at 877 828 0727. That's 877 828 0727 or shop the website bigpapasmokers.com. That's B I G. P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com More embedded correspondence coming up. Stick around. Be right back.
5: Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampe.
0: And before we get into the embedded correspondence on this side of the segment, I will talk to you about Fireboard, monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously, and connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring, or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant, you're in luck as well, because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. And we are rejoined by the embedded correspondence. All right, guys, so I want to talk about the barbecue protein that you hate the most. I'll leave mine for last, but, uh, Doug, what's the protein you hate the most?
6: Well, if it's catering, um, I would say that would be chicken or ribs. Hmm. Those just take too much real estate to, uh, to do for catering events, and so I actually, to the you know, hot dogs excluded, of course, right? Of course. But uh, chicken and ribs. And from a, a standpoint of of what I don't like to cook, I don't like to really cook pork loin.
0: Pork loin or pork tenderloin. Pork
6: loin. Okay. The tenderloin I like a little better. It, it's the the loin. It's just a big hunk of meat,
0: and uh, it's not very exciting to me. David, what barbecue meat protein do you hate to cook the most?
3: Yeah, it's absolutely chicken. Oh. I just feel like. Uh, the crowd is harder to please uh, you know oh there's a little bit of blood or you know it's juice or it's dried out and the skin's not crispy or I want barbecue sauce or there's just it's so hard to please people with chicken everyone has a different idea of how they want to eat chicken um, usually when I have friends and family over chicken you really got to watch make sure you don't overcook there's a smaller window and uh, usually you can enjoy you know, you're spending time with the guest as much if you've got the chicken on the grill. So it's just chicken all the way.
0: John?
2: Uh, if we're just talking the big four, I'm going the one I least like to cook is brisket just because of the size and the volume. And I don't have a lot of parties and you're just eating a lot of brisket.
1: Steve? Baby back ribs, hands down. I'm terrible at it. They make me nervous. Uh, I never get it right. I always overcook them. They fall apart. For some reason, I can do spare ribs, but baby backs, I just have all kinds of trouble with. And it's like Doug; they all take they all take up too much space when you're trying to, uh, you know, do them. I, and I just worry over them, wring my hands, and I always do a bad job. That's why I can never be a a Memphis barbecue network competitor. I can't do baby backs.
0: Couldn't you do spare ribs in Memphis barbecue, or it has to be baby backs? Well,
1: if you want to lose, you can do spare ribs. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: Uh, For me, it's brisket. Uh, I've decided that I hate brisket. I would also like to say, fuck brisket. I've had enough of it. Uh, I I get that everybody's in love with it, and uh, it's like the most popular thing ever on the face of the earth, and that I'm hashtag summer of brisket 2019, but I'm a freaking liar, (laughs) and I've had enough of it, and I cooked a brisket over the weekend, and I'm sitting here ready to tell you that it was, again, As average as it can be, I'm trying to pack it in with flavor. I'm trying to want to like it as much as everybody else likes it. In fact, I'm going to go above and beyond and say this. I think everybody else is fucking crazy, too. How about that? Nobody likes brisket. Everybody hates it. But nobody can now say that they don't like brisket because it's too trendy. Well, guess what? Shut the fuck up. Brisket sucks, and I hate it. John, document that. That's a rant that just came right off the cuff now wow <laughs> once once i can cook brisket better then it's going to be my favorite but right now no way i'm done it is it is hashtag as michael Quizenberry is saying in the instant chat or wait who was it? oh sorry john dawson hashtag brisket blows i've had enough of it all right uh let's summer ABTs.
3: he's pretty tough up there oh. in north cleveland way far away from texas huh doug I guess so.
0: Yeah. I mean, am I, Doug, am I overreacting? Is brisket...
6: It was a great rant. I love the rant. So I would say no to that standpoint. Just pick a different subject other than brisket. Brisket is still king.
0: Yeah, brisket is still king. No doubt. Now, uh, I guess contrary to most of you guys, I love to cook chicken. Maybe it's just because uh, it's the seasoning I use. I mean, it's either boneless, skinless chicken thighs rolled up. With some sweet money and little Louis Season salt from Big Papa Smokers, or it's my smoke roasted uh, whole chicken wings with my homemade anchor bar wing sauce. I've never had a complaint. I've never personally had any issue cooking a multitude of chicken. So, uh, and everybody seems to love it. So, I'm more on the the chicken bandwagon myself. But whatever. Uh, let's talk about. Well, let's talk about the the plant based real quick. Let's go around ahead. Pat LaFried on uh, earlier in the first hour, and he talked about, he made a couple interesting comments. Uh, the first was, he's not a fan of the fact that these uh, plant-based meats are coming in to try and slide in and compete in the burger market, and says that they would be more successful used in, in different ways. And then, uh, secondarily, but he does think that it, it does have staying power, so I guess uh, let's quickly go around and see who has uh, sampled the delicacy of either Beyond or Impossible, if you like it as a burger or if you see it uh, gaining steam as uh, as a different protein option and, and different dishes aside from burgers. John?
2: Uh, I haven't sampled it. It's not a low-carb food, so it's it's not in my – It's I will try it at some point, but I can't have the bun. I can't have the rest of it. It's already high-carb. Uh, I think that's kind of niche is where it's at. It's going to be a burger. It's, I don't think that you can stop that train now until it comes out at us in some different form that doesn't look like ground beef. It looks like some other form of
6: product.
0: Uh, Doug, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, far
6: be it uh, for me to uh, disagree with Pat LaFrieda, but uh, I think burger is kind of where it's at. And I think I would like to try it. I haven't tried it. I know you have a, a couple of times. Yeah. I also thought what was in, what was interesting. Uh, what he said is that it languished on the shelves for a couple of years, and now it's you know grown in popularity. That that was pretty interesting comment to me. But um, you know, I, I think it's actually going to uh, you know who likes tofu, but tofu does pretty well. So I, I think there's a place in the market for it.
0: Uh, Steve, your
1: thoughts no i disagreed with 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 pat Lafriede. i don't think it's got a lot of staying power it's going to it's going to find a niche and it's going to be in the uh, frozen food section just like the um the uh, black bean uh soy burgers or whatever those things have been there for years people people put them on you know vegetarians put them on buns they they put lettuce they put ketchup tomatoes cheese and then they bite into it and go wow this tastes just like a cheeseburger well, you're just you're just tasting the the condiments is all you're doing. So it's it you know, I, who who knows? I'm not. I'll, I I have not sampled the new stuff. I will probably not sample it hmm. unless somebody buys it for me or takes me to dinner and says, "Here, eat this." That's the only thing I'm going to pay for. I might do it then. But uh, I have those black bean ones occasionally when my daughter comes over, and they're edible. But, but that's it.
0: Dave, you have thoughts.
3: Yeah, I would like to sample it. I have not yet. Um, it's definitely growing in popularity here in Oklahoma. I shouldn't say, growing in popularity, growing in availability. Uh, more, more restaurants are offering it, and you can find you know items on the shelf. Um, I actually think it may stick around. I think that as science gets better and. Um, You know, people get concerned about the quality of meat, hormones in meat, and the way animals are treated. I just think trends are going to continue to grow, whether there's fact-based or not. I think people are going to look for meat alternatives, and the science behind making it better, tastier, texture more like meat, et cetera, is going to continue to be something that people will be interested in.
0: Uh, Let's quickly go around. Do you think that there is any buyer confusion or gray area, John, that... uh, the Impossible or the Beyond Burger is also a healthy option or a healthier option. Do you think that the general public thinks it's better?
2: Uh, I think that they do think it's better, even though I I don't necessarily agree with that.
0: Uh, David, you know? do you think that the consuming public thinks it's a healthier option, even though it isn't? I think there's two there's two kind of categories.
3: One that thinks it's a healthier option. I'm, eat, I'm not eating saturated fat in Animal proteins, but I think there's also a group that believes that it's more on the um, ethical treatment of animals side. So I think there's two categories. Doug,
6: yeah, I I absolutely do because I in the beginning I thought, oh yeah, this has got to be a lot, lot less calories, lot less carbohydrates than than regular meat. But um, um, yeah.
0: Uh, and Steve, do you think the consuming public is confused? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think I think they probably think it is healthier. I don't I don't know if it is or not. I don't even know what's in one. Um, in the uh, I know the the vegetarians I know do eat vegetarian because they don't like to harm animals. Uh, the people that that the few people that I've I've talked to that have had it, oh, it's great! It's it's great. You know this is great. Then you know the next day they're back at McDonald's getting a Big Mac. So it's just trendy. So i all it is. They, you know the the reason the stock went up. Is because they talked about it on CNBC one morning. It wasn't because it's was a great product. You know, Kramer sits there and rails on it, and it and goes up eight or nine points. But then, you know, three days later, it so comes back and settles back down. So it's just, it's just trendy. It's all just
0: trendy. I'm a bit conflicted because I've had it. Uh, it's been here in Cleveland for the last couple of years. Uh, Michael Simon's Burger Joint has carried it steadily right along. And the first time I heard he had added it to the menu, I was immediately out to the restaurant. Tried it as my favorite burger, but replaced his normal patty with the Impossible Burger. But then I also got it uh, just a plain burger, uh, no bun or anything. And so I internally struggle with knowing that it's not meat, but I maintain up until I'm proven otherwise by eating one that if nobody would have told me that it wasn't beef, my first thought biting into it Wasn't going to be, that's not a burger. It would have been, that's beef, by and large. Also, I am worried that since it is not a very healthy, it's not a very healthy, period. It's also not a healthier option than eating, you know, beef. But if you're eating it in the right way, so I love beef, everybody knows that, except for brisket, as I just said a couple minutes ago. I think. That if I don't want to eat meat that day, but I still want to have something that resembles a burger, but I want to take a day off. I can eat it and it still kind of tastes and feels the same. And then the next day, Steve, as you said, I can go back to McDonald's if I want and have a hamburger or make a steak or a regular beef burger at home or what but I have the option now with something that is better in my estimation than a bean burger. I mean, those things suck. But, but, Greg, why would
3: you want to take a day off? If it looks like meat, tastes like meat, why take a day off from meat?
0: Yeah, because it, you're still not eating red meat. I mean, cutting out a portion of red meat is better for you, better for the environment. There's uh, gases and all this other stuff. Uh, certainly, me not eating a hamburger one day isn't going to help the world per se. But if everybody is going to start to do it a little bit, there is a – in my estimation, it's a better option – and I don't necessarily agree with Pat's whole take on it's going to be a loser in the burger realm. I mean, that obviously is kind of a winner in the burger realm right now. Where I think it could really stand to lose would be, you know, will we see it show up as a steak or something else that's, you know, will you see an impossible brisket or an impossible ribeye or something along these lines? So, uh, and I don't think we will per se, but um, yeah, that's it. Uh, all right, let's uh, quickly go around for... Uh, shameless self promotion. Uh, Steve, do you have anything coming up you'd like to tell us about? Uh, show tomorrow
1: night, his Barbecue Show. Um, oh Who's gosh. on? I can't remember the guy. He won the. What? Um, the do you host <laughs> the show? Ur- you got to be Urkel kidding Chili. me. You, you surprised me. Urkel ah. Chili is my guest tomorrow. He won the uh, barbecue contest up in Washington, D.C. this past weekend. Ah, oh and he gosh. owns, he owns oh. a gas station. And he fixes cars and he sells tires. Wow. Imagine that. It's like your
0: twin he, brother split from birth.
1: He's the Steve Ray of New Jersey, and I'm the Urkel Chile
0: of Ottawa. Nice. Uh, David, anything coming up you'd like to promote?
3: Uh, YouTube.com slash C slash huffdaddybbq I'm going to have a spicy pimento cheese Ooh. bacon burger video coming soon. I think you saw the picture of it, Greg.
0: Yes. It looks I'm going to do a video on that. All right. Uh, Doug,
6: promotion? Yeah, this reminds me of the barbecue roundtables of, uh, of old. Uh, Greg, we'd like to thank you for uh, having us on the show, and we really appreciate it, this opportunity. Um, Salt Lake City, I'm going to be uh, teaching some Traeger classes. They're actually already sold out August 17th and 18th. I'll also be in uh, Bozeman at the Pitma- uh, Pitmaster Classic uh, August 23rd and 24th. And uh, if you're interested, you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram at at Rogue Cookers.
2: All
0: Thank right, you. Rick. And last but not least, the Michigan correspondent, John Solberg.
2: This Friday, there will be a brand new edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Get it in your podcast feed. Make sure you subscribe. Head on over to the BBQCentralShow.com for all of your viewing and listening options. Wow.
0: Just like it sounds on the thing. Live read. <laughs> Nailed it. Good job, John. All right, so uh, there you have it. It is the Embedded correspondence, John Solberg from Michigan, David Huff from Oklahoma, Steve Ray from Uloa, Tennessee, and Doug Scheiding, the longest-running Embedded Correspondent from Texas. Gentlemen, as always, thank you for the time, and we will see you again next month. There we go. The Embedded correspondence. Great job. But great takes tonight. I think we were kind of split on Beyond Burger. Steve, I'm going to send you Beyond Burt. How about that? Now you're going to have to try it, right? Uh, none of those guys really have websites, per se, but they did give their social media. So, And too bad if you were looking to go to Salt Lake City and take Doug's Traeger class. Sold out. Wow. Good job. All right, let's uh, wrap it up. Stick around. I'll be right back.
5: Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy
0: Alright, welcome back as we look to wrap up the show here, all the way back in the first hour, we had. Chris Hughes, Broken Arrow Ranch, BrokenArrowRanch.com. And if you're a rancher out in Texas and you need to thin some of that herd, they'll pay you to do it. How about that? We also talked with America's Butcher, Pat LaFrida, on the plant-based meat sector. We also talked about LaFrida Home, where you can get fresh Like, imagine getting a tomahawk. Some of these other places that shows up frozen. you got to lay it out for a couple days to get it ready to cook. When the Frida stuff hits your front door, open the box. It is fresh and ready to grill literally at that moment if you want. Or as he said, you can put it in the refrigerator for two to three weeks. What? Nice. Frida.com, the website. Top of the second hour, Angel Todd showed up. 17-year-old steak cooking champion first. SCA champ here in Ohio. She won the Hartville, Ohio I think it was called Grillin' and Chillin' Steak Cook-Off event about a week and a half ago and broke it all down all from how she got into it being pals with her dad and uh, breaking down the steak cooking arrangement or program that she runs. Appreciate that. Good job, Angel. And then we close it out with the embedded correspondents Doug and Steve and David and John. Big show planned for you next week. We are in, believe it or not, to july so you know we got malcolm reed coming up we got sam the cooking guy coming up with a lot more september 11 2001 i will never forget until next tuesday at 9 p.m eastern is your program host and proud u.s american greg Rempe. good night now